0: Podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network.
1: Hello, good evening and welcome to this week's Morlover Podcast. The only rugby podcast that gives you the news, views, and opinion on absolutely no rugby action or with a West Country accent. You can find us on Twitter. We are at Over Podcast with circa 15,000 video views. Uh, we are on Facebook, more over rugby podcast. We are on, uh, A- no, we're not on ACAST anymore. We're on Anchor and Apple Podcasts and Google Store and all, well, lots of other podcast um, affairs. So go and check those out. Um, I've won Twitter this week with my rugby uh, 15 in the garden, retweeted oh, by, yeah, check me out, panting, <laughs> panting on the internet because I'm out of breath so I'm not excited. Um, and if you haven't watched it, go, go check out our feed. Uh, it was retweeted. Um, I think it was pure class Brian O'Driscoll, Brian O'Driscollander, uh, called it when he quote retweeted me. And, uh, it's had more views than a lot of respected rugby journalists, uh, who I probably can't even name. Well, one of them was a cricket journalist. Dean Wilson did a, uh, 15 and he's had about 300 views. And my videos had, or our video, but my video really. Let's stick to me. Uh, had about fifteen thousand at the last check. So uh thanks Brian for your for your assistance. I was particularly, particularly proud of Rory Underwood. Um which you may have guessed, but but there you go. Um that's enough about me. Never thought of him.
2: We just
3: all leave and leave you know, <laughs> just you could just carry on for an hour, Russ. Cause... I never,
1: never, ever thought I'd hear myself say that. Um you've just heard <laughs> uh Adam Foxcroft, the host of Punching Chat, uh back for a third week. It seems like it's become relatively popular. Well people let so let let's turn on his head. People aren't hating it, Adam. So uh we're doing all right.
3: That's good. That's all we can ever dream of.
1: Absolutely. Uh as always, we're joined by uh the nicest guy in rugby podcasting, Ben Eustace. How you doing, Ben?
0: That sounds like me, yeah.
1: <laughs> <laughs> the most the most vanilla man in podcasting. And, um, <laughs> and obviously the housewife's favourite, Phil Elkins at Phil Farm Vet. How you doing, Phil? I'm very well. How are you, Russ? Yeah, good, mate. And I don't want to give this guy too much of an introduction because we all know who he is. And we've all been looking forward to, to his debut appearance on Punching Chat, all the way from somewhere near Albuquerque, New Mexico, and not in his shed, which is currently in isolation. Is uh, Eddie Stevens, MD, not a medical doctor? Welcome, Eddie.
2: Thank you. Uh, humbled and honoured to be here.
1: That is that is tremendous. How have you have you? Uh... You've been catching up with with Punching Chat. You know, you know the premise. Obviously, you probably don't get fighting talk. Oh, sh- oh, Crikey, no. Um, uh oh. Oh wow. What? Well, yeah, I don't know. <laughs> um, you don't get any other shows of a similar nature. Um, in America, are so, there any? Uh, uh, maybe. I think we've been copied already. You know.
3: I,
2: I I don't know. I haven't. I haven't heard it. Was that a sound effect just now, or did someone's phone vibrate?
3: Uh, oh. No, I think someone's phone vibrated.
2: Oh, okay. Wasn't mine. Could
1: be yours. Awesome. Yeah, so you you understand the premise, you know where we're going. When
3: when, when Russ loses points, you'll know about it. Just 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 to be clear.
1: <laughs> okay. And how yeah, I, I get
3: I get the gist of it.
1: Good man. And you found the uh, the research and the padding out of your answers. You think you've uh, you got what it takes to take home the uh, the victory today?
2: Yeah, I'm here to win. Hence my winner's hat.
1: <laughs> and I, I I might even take a little photograph of the Skype chat um, and then post it just so we can all see what's going on tonight cool i'll tweet that out you will have seen it already by the time you listen to this um adam over to you
3: very good well welcome everybody to the yeah punching chat three i can't believe we got past one but here we are uh I don't, i'm not going to explain the rules because there aren't very many and you know what they are anyway so here we go I will just get started and I'll get started with a rugby question to break us all in as it's important to remember that this is a a rugby podcast and to start, which it transpires might be a tricky question, but we'll see how we go. Which current England rugby player would have actually improved the 2003 World Cup winning team and who would they have replaced? And we will start with Phil.
4: Well, so I started thinking about this and going through the positions, and I was thinking crisis is quite difficult. You could probably make some convincing arguments, and I know that the other three guys are going to make convincing arguments for a small number of people in a small number of positions. But ultimately, the answer is not a single one of them. That two thousand and three World Cup winning team—they won the World Cup for Christ's right? You don't—you don't mess about with things that win. You're and and a fucking won- cheat, cop out. <laughs> And they win, it, and they won it based on balance. Um, and there's not there's not a single person that I would want to see taken out of that that team. So yeah, that's all I got.
3: As much as that is the correct answer, Phil. Um,
4: Taking Eddie, points off for the correct answer.
3: Yes, yeah, that's that's exactly what I'm doing. This is Punching yeah. chat. Yeah, um, you're a knob. <sighs> <laughs> i'll give you points for that though um eddie have you got actual Mm. names of of players to give us here uh
2: i do i did go through an initial panic um for the same reasons that phil mentioned i was looking at that team all legends by nature of the fact they won a world cup and i started genuinely freaking out thinking if you if you were to take any member out of that world cup squad what would happen anything could happen we wouldn't win the world cup then i calmed down and realized we weren't actually going to make that happen it's just a game so i calmed down <laughs> and then i thought i started running through all the team because when you think about it those players probably the best we've ever had in every position but it's all relative and uh, players today most of the well every single player in the current england world cup or in the current england squad is a, probably a superior athlete they're more professional so I started thinking of all that thank you. Um, I started thinking of all the uh, like the most powerful players I could think of. And I went through people like I don't want to name too many in case I name someone that someone else did. I started thinking Mako oh, Vunapola. Yeah, this is gonna be a long answer, but I will not I will get it I will get a, <laughs> at least one point. Um, so I thought Mako Vunapola, imagine the damage he could do, just running riot offloading. But then I thought the rules were very different. A scrum back there, I'm not sure Mako could survive a two thousand and three scrum. I think he would go into the first scrum and one of those hideous, thinly sliced pieces of bacon he calls an ear would just come off and uh, and it would end very badly. So then I started thinking, okay, this is obviously a long time ago, but is there anyone in the current England squad who has at least played with a member of the two thousand and three uh, team? And I remembered, the first name that came to mind, I remembered Manu Tuolangi playing with Mike Tindall. Not on the pitch, which they may have done. I can't remember. But do you place. remember, I think it was the 2011 World Cup? Back when they used to do uh, jiu-jitsu training sessions before uh crippled. Was it Sam Jones? He ended his career in a jiu-jitsu session. Is yeah. that right? Yeah. So they used to have these, they may, maybe they still do, but I know they used to have these grappling sessions. And I remember famously Manu completely dominated and i remember hearing mike Tindall talk about how manu had just picked him up and thrown him tumbling head over ass off the mats and uh then i thought to myself yeah switch out mike Tindall, put manu to a in there the damage he would cause uh both with his superior physicality and the fact that they had much more lenient rules around the tackle right and uh i think he would murder people and
1: let's wasn't, m- that, wasn't that dwarf the dwarf tossing world cup uh, Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> was absolutely was he jumped off a boat as well in New Zealand yeah
2: he did a lot of crazy shit and that's my point right? Like, even if he didn't get all the rules because there's some subtle changes in 2003 uh, probably wouldn't affect him because let's be honest he probably doesn't get the rules right now either so I say Manu for Mike Tyndall. sorry for the long answer
3: that's alright Lots of points there. Um, although it's wrong, I think I think for the first time, I did hear you thank me for a point. So,
2: oh, can I can I apologise? <laughs> you can, <laughs> can you but start? you're only going to hear another one of those.
3: <laughs>
2: oh, I'll, I'll be
3: silent. <laughs> you're going to learn quickly. Okay, uh, Russ.
1: Um, so when I um. What I submitted in my answers, as we all do pre-show, so that we can avoid any, any duplication. Shh, 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 shh. Pulling back the curtain. Pulling back the curtain, yeah. Um, my first answer was Manu Tuolagi for um, Mike Tyndall. Absolutely. Made sense. You know, looking at the rest of that team, he would be the one that, that would improve it the most. Um, then my second answer, which I'm pretty sure that Ben is going to um, pick in a minute, so I won't mention it. Um, and my third answer, the only one that I could think that might make slight improvement, and Eddie's just shot my ass to the shit by calling his ears thinly sliced pieces of bacon. Oh, sorry. And um, and actually pointing out that he would have been absolutely marmalized at scrum time um, for all of what he could offer around the pitch is uh, Mako Vunipola uh, in for Trevor Woodman. Now, it, it pains me to to move out the the Cornishman Woodman who was an absolute rock in that scrum and probably one of the, the unsung heroes. And when you see those those names of the 15, you know, like the, the Sporkle quizzes where you have to name England's World Cup final starting 15, he, he would probably be the one that you'd struggle to remember the most unless you, you really knew you, you would be able to pick out all the others. And Trevor Woodman may well be one you struggle with. So for that reason, I would say that you could replace Trevor Woodman with Mako Vunapola.
3: very good okay and we are we are left with Ben
0: right so um I made quite a significant error in that I misread the question and picked an England player to improve the 2020 side um so (laughs) no we we all did that (laughs) so noting the effort that Eddie went to mine is going to be a quite half-assed and off the cuff but um i'm
3: going to say uh it's, before it's... before you before you carry on ben you can have the answer that i thought phil was was going to say originally that he didn't because he went with no one um, <laughs> if you if you can guess who that is well you can have anything else that hasn't been said obviously well
0: i I'm, I'm 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 thinking I'm going to go with uh, maro Atoje. yes oh, um, that's one <laughs> uh, yeah uh, well there is only one isn't there um, Be- ben Kay was a magnificent player um he was um, a bit of a line-out specialist, um, but I, I do think Otoje is, is getting to the class of top world-class player. Um, he's, he's a different style to Johnson as well. I think he's intelligent enough to run the line-out um, and he's an absolute menace at the breakdown. Um, so I would say, you know, he would certainly improve that team. And I think maybe the other names that have been mentioned might be the only ones um, that, that would do that. Um, but I think atojay has got the cleverness to fit into that team um, because it was a team full of leaders, he's got the leadership skills he could probably cope with running the line out and uh, he's got that sort of, if not a nasty street like Johnson, he's certainly got a, a, a very irritating street that seems to upset particularly Welsh people, so um, get him in there Very good. and he that wouldn't, wouldn't you... have dropped the ball For... over the line either
4: can I just final. say, Adam? You've you stitched me right up by putting me first because I deliberately <laughs> to avoid screwing anybody else's answer up by saying why they were wrong before they had a chance to explain it.
3: I'm I'm sort of sorry, Phil. No, you're not. No, um, yeah, you're right. I'm not in even sorry in the slightest. I probably stitched you all up with that question as it turned out um, because at least three of you made the point that it. It, it was hard oh. it's a hard question well we're not here to make your life easy on punching chats how about a nice cushy question uh, that i'm sure you'll be able to answer easily because it's just mocking anybody you'd like to mock and quite simply in these times of coronavirus which sports star would you like to see socially distanced long after this
0: virus has passed and ben let's go back to you um, i'm going with david warner um, just because just I don't like him in his stupid punchable face um, there's, there's the Joe Root thing there's the Jonathan Trott thing there's just his general nature um, <laughs> and I, I just think if he had been out first ball of the ashes which he should have been on DRS that would have been perhaps the funniest thing to ever happen in cricket and I haven't even mentioned the match fixing have I? Not match Big Same thing.
3: Whatever. <laughs> well, they're, they're
0: the exact opposite, actually. So, still yeah. a prick, and he
3: cheating. Yeah, yeah, absolutely.
1: Good
3: Very songs, good.
0: though. Good Barmy Army songs. So, you know, keep them around, maybe. Every, every cloud. Yeah. <laughs> you know, like, most most Australian cricketers,
3: you sort of hate while they're a player. And they be, they get old and they retire, and you think, oh, actually, you hear them in the commentary box or whatever, and you think, actually, you you're all right. You're all right. You just fought hard on the on the pitch. David Warner, though, no not, chance.
0: Not a chance.
3: There's there's no way that you could possibly imagine he'd be in any way like. Even
1: even in that, um, the documentary series on Amazon that I mentioned. I think I mentioned on this last week. Um, all the others, your Tim Paines, your Nathan Lyons, you know, all the, all the guys you think. Oh, just I can't stand you because you're Australian in general. Dave, even David Warner on that. Trying to be humble and you know have some humility, you just thought I fucking hate you.
0: Points, points for that, Russ. Even though it's bet, not your, uh, your answer, I bet they won't do a crossover with the um, All Blacks, All or Nothing, will they?
1: <laughs> <laughs>
0: Can you imagine? <laughs> okay, Phil, who to would you like him to keep away see? from, Sunny Bill? Wouldn't they? <laughs>
4: so, so this chap is. One of the greatest uh, backs that the Southern Hemisphere has ever produced. One of the most naturally talented rugby players that the world has ever seen. And I'm talking both codes, Rugby League and Rugby Union. Brilliant balance, brilliant hands, reads the game fantastically well. Unfortunately, reads the Bible a little too literally as well. (laughs) It's a fucking storybook. I'm sorry, Christians. It's there to give you some kind of guidelines. It's not supposed to be taken literally. So, yeah, obviously it's Israel Folau, Um, who, I don't know, I could, I could watch a guy play rugby all day long, but I don't want to hear a single word that comes out of his mouth. And all he does is unite the world in hating him. I'm sure his parents hate him as well. So, yeah, <laughs> fuck off, Israel. Not the country, not the country. <laughs> I don't want to start a war.
0: Controversial. <laughs>
4: <laughs> so, You're
0: yeah. daft racist. Folau <laughs> can do one. What about Palestine?
4: <laughs> no comment. <laughs>
3: <laughs> Lots of points there.
2: Okay, Eddie, who would you like to see socially distanced? Um, where were we? I think Israel Folau has been pretty much socially ostracised, right? Okay. Well, he's, play- he's playing rugby league, which is the same thing exactly exactly In France. okay uh my answer it's a it's a shit answer but ben young's <laughs> just,
1: just want him out just want him gone
2: <laughs> i just want him to retire um there's no need for me to I, I i i get attached to a certain position that i take i was banging on about mike brown for god knows how long and i think people get bored of it but ben young's is an england legend used to be great 75 percent of his caps he deserved and it's time for him to uh quit.
1: Which ironically is seventy four of them. Yeah. Okay. We are
3: we are left with you, Russ, I think.
1: Um has anybody seen the news this week about a certain Billy Joe Saunders? Um, he has he made a video during the, the quarantine or the isolation of him hitting a punch bag. Um Pretending that it was uh, his wife, a, a female, and instructing men to say, "Well, you know, if your partner's pissing you off during the isolation period, and she's coming at you in your face, and you just need to rock back and hook her in the in the um, hook her in the face, and then drop down and give her a, a shot to the kidneys, and she won't be bothering you again." Obviously, that's been universally condemned. Um, he's had his boxing license revoked. Um, by the british boxing board of control and he for his own for his own good i think he needs to be uh, to censor to some isolation for quite a period of time to uh think about his actions and and maybe get his boxing license back one day
3: yeah there were funny how there are some people in sport that aren't very nice who knew okay Given the fact that we're we're all socially isolated as we record this podcast and and presumably most of us in our, our daily lives now as well, um, we've got a bit of time to kill. So I've set you the challenge of making up a sport, essentially, that can be done at home or filmed or wherever and that the results can be compared with other people um, so that yeah, we've got we've got something to do, and there's there's something people can watch. So a bit of a weird one, but what have you all come up with? And Russ, let's go back to you.
1: Um, so we've all seen the Hunger Games, right? <laughs> <laughs> so, so I I my plan, if this goes on for much longer, in in quite the same quite the same way um, as Billy Joe Saunders. Um, I am going to introduce uh, a Hunger Games-style survival of the fittest in my house. Um, different zones for for different games and, and different uh, different themes. Obviously, the kids can dress up and, and do what they need to do. But um, most of all, the uh, the objective is survival. And given the people that live in my house, I am quietly confident. <laughs> <laughs>
0: very good uh ben um well as we've got a vet present i briefly considered animal death match um but i'm gonna (laughs) write that one off um so i'm gonna go for one i've actually played because in my second year at uni we moved into a house and uh it took six weeks for them to sort the tv aerial out so um we had to make our own entertainment uh so we we made up palm ball so all you need is a tennis ball and um a large room, preferably with a couple of sofas. And uh, you've just got to keep the ball off the ground without catching it. Um, But you're only allowed to touch it once without another person touching it. Uh, And you can score it by time or by uh, number of contacts. And uh, it kept us entertained for several weeks. That did.
3: Very good. I actually sound like I want to play that, but but then I've been at home quite a long time. (laughs) 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 Uh, Phil, what have you got?
4: So, There are certain sports that happen not too frequently that come around, say, every four years. Um, And some of those sports we're not going to see this year. um, And we're going to miss out on the entertainment of watching them. Um, And one of these sports that we only ever get to see, really, in an Olympic year is the decathlon. So we're gonna have a decathlon championship between houses. So I've gone through each of the decathlon sports and I've substituted them for a sport that anybody can do in their house. It doesn't matter how big your house, how many people are in it, just it's they're suitable for, for anyone. So um, we're gonna turn the 100 meters into sprinting laps around the house. So you need to measure out 100 meters. How long does it take you to do that? The 400 metres is how many rooms can you go in in a minute? It takes about a minute to run 400 metres. You're not allowed back into a room until you've been in every other room in the house. The 1,500 metres is how long can you run with your kids chasing you until they catch up? So for me, that would be about the same as the 100 metres. 110 metres hurdle is going to be replaced by the Lego run. So you're going to be blindfolded, a bucket full of Lego thrown in front of you, and how quick can you run across the room? (laughs) Javelin is going to be replaced by the table spaghetti flick. So you're going to get a bit of spaghetti and see how far you can flick it on the table without it going over the edge. The discus, similar kind of thing. You're going to fling plates across the room as far as possible without breaking them because we all need them to eat. Uh, Shot put is going to be the the classic Kobe screwed up ball of paper in the bin. How far can you throw it from? The pole vault, we're going to use the same aforementioned piece of spaghetti folded (laughs) up Folded up piece of paper. How far can you fling it without the spaghetti breaking? Um, The high jump I'm going to cheat. I'm going to replace with the triple jump.
1: Phil's just fallen in some water. This is going well tonight.
3: (laughs) Ironically, this might be his best ever Uh, answer. um, I like it. Do you think Phil can win the decathlon by only only competing in eight of the ten events? I
0: thought you were going to say without any vowels. Why is this so fun? I'm enjoying it, <laughs> Phil. You might as well stop talking now. <laughs> no, keep going, keep going. I like it. Uh, that's that's
3: lots of points for 75% of the answer, yeah. Uh, but that's that's some phenomenal effort, and you will be required to lost- post all those rules on, on Twitter or somewhere.
0: Yeah, you went full
3: Dalek
2: again, Phil.
1: Anyway, let's carry on
2: phil <laughs> stop talking like that you're turning eddie on why are you doing that <laughs> mute him mute him
3: okay mute him. eddie eddie have you what game have you got for us
2: uh, I, I i have a really good game i did come up with one based on uh, russ's early answer it was the it's called the billy joe saunders bloodbath um <laughs> just need a wife or girlfriend an estranged <laughs> wife preferably The rules are (laughs) self-explanatory. No. uh, So my game, I actually came up with this game a long time ago, uh, probably about seven, eight years ago, when I had an extreme case of uh, what is known as the shits uh, in uh, (laughs) where I'm from. So my daughter, who is now 11, she was probably three, four years old, she went through this really weird habit of every time I would use the toilet she would go and find... She had this little plastic kitchen playset. She'd go get this little plastic pink knife, come up and l- pick the lock of my toilet door to get in. Now, I like most men, I think, I, I only lock the door for two things. Serious shits <laughs> and something more unsavory that I won't talk about. So it's important that no one, especially a small child, bothers me at that time. But one particular year, I had a bad case of uh, diarrhea. And, uh, I was in and out of the bathroom all day, right? And, uh, she was picking the lock, coming in, uh, frequently, and I, I learned that. I don't know about you, I don't like, <laughs> I don't like being watched when I'm taking a shit. I know some people enjoy it, it's not for me. Um, and so, uh, I developed this game that we would play for a long time, where, uh, she would pick the lock, come inside... And then I would just growl at her. I'd go, and then she would run away screaming. And then during the time that she would run away, I would have to push out one poo. Okay. And then she'd come (laughs) and then sometimes two, depending on the consistency. But these are details. And what I learned, what I learned was she was running. From the the toilet, she would run to the back door, touch it, run back again. So I could do one poo for one run. Unless I had the runs, then all bets are off. So, but one time, so this is the particular day of my stomach flu, diarrhea. We were playing this game, and it was going well. I was undefeated. She comes in. I go, she runs away. I shit. She comes back again. I did it three or four times. But then... On this particular day, I found out that my daughter is a cheat, okay, because she came back way too early. Like, she definitely didn't touch the back door. She ran away, immediately came back again, so that when she came back, I was mid shit. I hadn't finished, I wasn't ready. And then, uh, in a horrific one of the most, I'm sure she's traumatized, I know I am. The combination of her coming back and scaring me. And me <laughs> straining really hard to push out a shit meant that instead of just going I went Rrr! and she freaked out and started screaming and crying. My wife runs in. What the fuck's going on? I was like, she's a cheat. And then uh that was uh, that was the day that this game, which I call scat, uh, <laughs> was the last time we played it. But it's a fun game. And like all like all good sports, all it requires is a small child and bowel movements. Yeah. You know, I said at
3: the start of the question that you could all film your <laughs> efforts <laughs> yeah. and co- and compare. I, I I may take that uh, back. Yeah, that <laughs> even e- even that, <laughs> it, it's it's Phil back.
4: I hope so. Yes, yeah. there, there he are. is. Yeah.
3: Um, I need I need to hear the last sort of two or three decathlon events before did, we move did on. Did you get the poll vote? We got the pole yeah, we vault. Got oh, yeah. Okay, yeah. so
4: that only leaves the jumping. So you've got the high jump, which I've substituted with the triple jump. So the hop, skip and jump, which is hopping whilst putting as many skips in your mouth as possible. The old prawn cocktail <laughs> snacks And then the long jump, which is a game of uh, the floor is lava. How far around your house can you get before touching the floor? And that's your 10.
2: Very wow. I heard him the first time. <laughs>
3: <laughs> okay, the scores are Russ... Picking up the rear on 29. Um, ben, you are on 34. Uh, but as you can probably tell from those those two answers, uh, Phil of 44. Eddie, you're on the lead on
0: 47. In your, first, your first effort, which is very strong. If, it, if anyone's picking up the rear, it's Eddie.
3: <laughs> <laughs> there you go. Coming back, Ben. Right, next up, a quickie. And with the success on Netflix of, of target King, I haven't watched it by the way. Um, so if you think any knowledge of target is going to get you any points, you'd be mistaken at this, at this stage. Uh, but who are sports greatest cats
2: and Eddie, let's go to you. Mm. Well, I could think of a number of, uh, teams with cat themed names, but I don't know anything about them. And for some reason, what came to mind was, I don't know if you're familiar with the Springfield wildcats. <laughs> Are they, <laughs> are they off the, they off on, the Simpsons? Yeah, on yeah. the Simpsons. So basically Springfield put together a little, I think you'd call it a Pee Wee football team, a little American football team. And Ned Flanders was the coach. And it turned out he was a really good coach. And he picked, he allowed girls to play. So he had a unisex team and they actually became a very good team and a winning team. But then something happened. I can't remember. I should have done the research. Ned Flanders lost his job as coach Homer Simpson took over as coach, immediately kicked all the girls out of the team, <laughs> replaced Nelson, who was their star quarterback that was basically winning them games, replaced him with his son, Bart Simpson, who was terrible. They started losing all their games. And I think eventually what happened was the police came to arrest Nelson, but pretended to be Nelson so that he could get arrested so that Nelson could become quarterback and then they won again and they tried to carry Homer Simpson out on their shoulders, but he was too big and fat and he collapsed on top of them. And uh, so that's my that's my team, the Springfield Wildcats. It has everything sexism, nepotism, politics. It's
0: perfect. <laughs> Very good. Uh, and, and Homer spends the whole episode in a Tom Landry hat. <laughs> that's right. <Yeah. laughs>
3: of course he does. Brilliant. Uh, Russ. Who are um, the greatest cats?
1: Oh, I looked through lots of American football teams and baseball teams and obviously the Jacksonville Jaguars and the Detroit Lions and Carolina Panthers, all of which are pretty mediocre. That, that's for the moment. Jags. They're all pretty mediocre teams, aren't they? Let's be honest. Um, but there's only one answer to this question and it is the absolute GOAT, the greatest golfer to ever grace this planet is Tiger Woods. Yeah. Five times Masters, four times PGA, twelve times PGA Tour Player of the Year. You know, bang, bangs loads of birds, got loads of money. Tiger Woods. Why are you taking points off him, of mate? Golf. Oh.
3: Have you have you never heard me talk about Tiger Woods?
1: <laughs> I have, yeah, but thank you.
3: Yeah, <laughs> that was the, the, you were never going to get points for that, no matter how well reasoned or argued the answer may have been
1: well he is the greatest he is the greatest cat of sport so there you go keep talking have <laughs> <laughs> got all night lynn
3: <laughs> all right um oh my uh my soundboard went weird you could have had any random sound there but partridge reference you get some points back
0: right uh ben <clears throat> well um as Russ just mentioned, um, there are a lot of American football teams um, named after Cats, but they're uniformly trash. Um, the, he mentioned three, but he forgot the Bengals, um, who are perhaps the worst of the lot. Um, and even in rugby, you've got the Lions and the Cheetahs, who aren't particularly the greatest either. Um, but you do have Leicester Tigers. Um, so it's an obvious answer, but I'm going to go there because... That was a pretty dominant team in the 90s and 2000s. A couple of um, European Cups, uh, the league pretty much every year, it seemed. Um, Almost like a Man United of rugby as they've uh, fallen off the edge a little bit now. Um, And also, it was the core of that 2003 side. So, um, you know, they've got to be pretty high in everybody's estimation for for that. You know, Johnson, Back, uh, Kay, Roundtree. It was a pretty tough old pack, that was. Yeah. Excellent. Okay, and Phil, so um, you've
4: all got it wrong, because the question is, what is sports' greatest cats? Now Ben's the the Tigers were, were great. They're now shit. Tiger Woods was great. Is now shit. Um, and the Springfield Wildcats don't actually exist. But as as Russ said, Russ mentioned the Jags, and the Jags is right. The Jags is sports' is great. Sports' greatest cats, but not the American football team. The Jaguars, The uh, the Argentinian rugby team, only formed five years ago, came runners-up in the rugby championship, which we all know is the greatest rugby league in the world. Um, and, uh, yeah, just get better and better every year, got decent amount of funding, and are a, are a cracking side, crammed full of internationals.
3: There we go, the Hag Juarez. That was my effort at... at... You know, I Spanish. love the pronunciation school of Ben Eustace, so what, what can you say? <laughs> okay, with with the clocks going forward, this is topical, with the clocks going forward at the weekend. Um,
1: Maybe not ready.
3: <laughs> about three or four weeks ago. Or are you in one of those areas where the Navajo stopped daylight savings? I don't know, New Mexico, no, who knows?
2: No, unfortunately we have it. Yeah. Okay.
3: <laughs> Unfortunately those farmers the farmers kick off about that. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, we lost an hour on Sunday. Um, but which hour of sport would you like to see removed from history? And Ben, let's go with
0: you stuff first oh, up. First up, stop slagging off farmers, or you're gonna get a cow on your head. <laughs> um <laughs> <laughs> Um, I would like to take back the last hour of England versus Scotland in 2019. Um, so basically England were something like 30 points up, 30 points to nil. Um, Farrell, I think, threw an interception. The Scottish hooker went in under the posts. And basically after that, it was an absolute shambles. And it's it's probably the worst I've seen an England team play. Um, it was a dead rubber. Um, England just completely fell into the Scots' hands, just tried chucking the ball around because the game didn't matter anymore. The championship was over. All they needed to do at any time was tighten up the game. In fact, what they should have done is they had a penalty in front of the post just after the Scottish interception. They should have just kicked a goal and killed that dead before halftime. So um, basically what happened in that game is it turned into fun and it should never have done that because yes. there's no place for fun.
3: <laughs> yeah. Definitely not on this podcast. Uh Russ.
1: Um I'd like to remove uh quite a the fav- the second half of quite a famous football match in Istanbul in 2005. Um there's not there's not many well there is absolutely no Liverpool fans that will ever let you forget this. Um coming back from 3-0 down.
2: So many see, points for this.
1: AC Milan on penalties, so I'd like to remove the second half and uh, extra time and penalties if I can stretch it out to uh, just about 90 minutes rather than an hour. That's possible. Thank you.
3: Yeah. Lots of points. Uh, Eddie, which hour would you like to see removed from history?
2: Yeah, this was the trickiest question because the obvious thing to do is yeah, look to the worst sporting performances that your team's ever had and the first thing I thought of was I'm old enough uh, we're probably all old old enough you remember the tour of hell in 1998 uh, which included a humiliating 50 to 32 loss to a New Zealand academy 15 Uh, but then we also lost to Australia 76 nil it was the lowest point in English rugby history I think so I was but then I couldn't decide which game I would want to take that sixty minutes from. So then I thought I could just distribute them across every loss that England's had. Just have sixty individual minutes take off the last minute of every match, so we wouldn't lose. But that's cheating, right? I think that would be che- that would that would be unsporting, and I don't want to be unsporting. Which is why uh, I have chosen to pick an hour of sensible soccer the old computer game that i played in 1996. Wow. do you remember that? <laughs> yeah. do you do you remember what that hour that a i m- played in 1996? yeah i had i don't even remember what computer i had but i remember i had a computer in my closet for some reason so i'd go into my closet and play sensible soccer and if you remember anything about sensible soccer it could make you lose your mind with rage because every now and again the computer would just get a hold of the ball and you couldn't tackle them. They'd go straight through you and score. And after approximately an hour of playing sensible soccer one day, that's exactly what happened. It was in the dying seconds. Uh, the the computer ran straight through every player I had and scored a goal and I lost the game. And uh, I... So this is going to be even weirder than the scat game that I was talking about earlier. <laughs> I lost my mind and I... Instead of scat, it spat. I spat at my computer screen and then I looked at it and I went, oh my God, what am I doing? I grabbed a towel, I wiped the screen off and then I spat at it again. And then I found myself just locked in this insanity of I would spit at the screen, wipe it off, spit again. And I kept doing it. And for that reason, um, that was probably the turning, the point at which I became, that was my most unsporting moment. And I've been a very bad loser ever since. So I think this was my first truly unsporting moment. And I think it paved the way for not only a general lack of sportsmanship and inability to be a good loser, but ultimately it was the starting blocks for a steady decline in mental health that would eventually lead me to (laughs) sitting on a toilet, screaming at a small child and calling it a sport. So I would like to eliminate that hour of sensible soccer from my life, if that's okay.
3: I I loved sensible soccer. I think I... I had a different version. The, the one I remember playing Denmark were the best team on the game because it was just after they won the Euros, and they fluked the Euros. But the, whoever designed the game didn't care about that. It was just that well, they're the most recent winners,
2: and you just played as Denmark and beat everybody. Mm. But I think we've we've all been there, right? We've all been spitting at a computer screen. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> We've definitely
3: been on the on the shitter in the in the way you describe. Yeah. Um, Phil, what hour would you like removed?
4: So you guys have all been very specific about your hours, which is good because that's the question. I personally, <laughs> I personally don't really care which hour it is, as long as it's an hour of darts. An hour of darts. An hour less darts is an hour more fun for everybody. Fat people, swilling beer, chucking sharp things at a a darts board, whilst people on their hour out of mecha bingo so they can go and watch something else (laughs) until they go back in, just holds absolutely zero place in sport. So every hour less darts is an hour more positive things for society. Get rid of it. you, You said fat people
1: swilling beer and throwing sharp things sounded a bit like the bar Eddie went to to watch the Joshua fight. Uh, the fury fight even not the joshua yeah i know what
2: you meant
3: there we go okay time for and you heard one last week we've got another platinum jiffy bag question and if you match my answer there's a bonus bonus nine points um <clears throat> so here it goes, my son received it was his birthday on Sunday, happy birthday Henry he received a card from people across the street and their family um, which you know, is iffy and coronavirus anyway um, to stick a stick a card through the letterbox uh, but they they included the dog in their signature um, which made me think, who in sports um, received credit for other people's efforts and let's start with Eddie
2: okay, so Just to preface this answer, um, I have caused uproar in more than one social uh, gathering by suggesting that Robert De Niro is the most overrated actor of all time. Does that upset anyone right now? No, not not enough
1: to care.
2: Okay, so in America, people are very protective of Robert De Niro, but, but my point is, and the reason I mention this, is that I say he's the most overrated. That doesn't mean he's a bad actor. He's good, he's just not as good as people think he is. And... The short answer to this uh, question is uh, Chester Williams. (laughs) Uh, Now, there's nothing more annoying than virtue signaling, especially when it's disingenuous and uh, hypocritical. And that's kind of of what I think was happening here. Chester Williams, if anyone doesn't know, was um, really the poster child for post-apocalyptic post-ap- post-apartheid <laughs> yeah yeah, yeah. Post-ap- slip. post-apartheid post-apocalyptic postpartum depre- postman pat post post whatever he was the guy right and uh what happened was i think uh 95 rugby world cup south africa won it and chester williams was the golden boy right do you remember there was uh basically a bunch of white south africans in the crowds holding up pictures of chester williams screaming yes we love chester we love chester we're not racist we're not racist which is kind of what was happening now again chester williams was a good player he was a good player but i don't necessarily think he was the best in his position but he was there for that purpose uh and uh they won the world cup not because of him but because of they had a giant bloody pack the best scrum half of all time, and Joel Stransky kicking over all the goals. And uh, he sort of, again, good player, but he definitely benefited from the work of others. That is my answer. And may I point out, there is nothing racist about that. Please, please do not call in and say that's racist. It wasn't. <laughs>
4: <laughs> and, and you can not call in anyway, because we don't have a phone line. So,
2: <laughs> All the better.
3: I think, it, is, it, is it not one of those things where if he... If he received credit for for other people's efforts, you know isn't that isn't that a good thing Is't that great you look back at history isn't yeah. that one of those things that it's fantastic that it that it happened like that and that they did win the World Cup and yeah
2: it's, if I'm totally honest, I sort of came up with him and then I just decided to stick with it, regardless <laughs> of if it extent yeah. so I did my best fair enough,
3: okay, Phil
4: so. Eddie's right in that the answer isn't somebody who is crap at what they do. It's Somebody who's good at what they do, but they're probably not as good as, as, as the hype. Um, so you see these when you're when you're reading your Now magazine and your Heat and all of that that kind of stuff. As I know you do regularly, Adam. You see these celebrities that that look absolutely fantastic and got bodies to die for, but you also see them out with their personal trainer all the time, um, and they're they're basically Uh, they're robotically trained to end up in the condition that, that suits their, um, their position. Now imagine that you have somebody who is effectively your personal, personal trainer, who also happens to be the best person in the world at what they do. Now imagine that that person also lives in the same house as you because he's your brother. Now take that to the next stage and say, actually you're, you're taking part in your sport and your competition and you're nearly at the end, and you're at the point where you've just got nothing left to give. And that personal trainer, who also happens to be your brother, stops what he's doing and comes back and physically drags you over the line. Yes, I am talking about Mr. Brownlee. Jo- Johnny Brownlee, yeah, there's no doubt he's a decent triathlete, triathlete <laughs> but he wouldn't have got anywhere near as good as where he is if it wasn't for his brother physically dragging him round courses. Both in training and actually in competitions. So yeah, living on the coattails also got a much better reputation than, than he potentially deserves. And you know what? He doesn't even need to go in and say I'm Johnny Brownie. He just says I'm one of the Brownies. Doesn't nobody really cares which one's which.
3: <laughs> That's true. It's a bit like Ant and Deck. You know, it doesn't matter. <laughs> I, <laughs> like, I, like I the, couldn't tell like which one was which.
4: A bit like the Curry brothers. <laughs> <laughs> or okay. the Curry brothers. I
0: was yeah, that makes more sense. We're, We're just basically naming brothers now. The, didn't really
4: yeah, they're <laughs> running, at, running out of brothers. Running out of twins here.
2: You know about the the Wachowski brothers?
4: <laughs> yep, let's go with them as well. <laughs> crazy. Well, they're not they're the not crazy. brothers
2: anymore. The Wachowski brothers, one of them's a girl now. Did you know that?
4: They're brother oh. and sister.
2: <laughs> yeah, they're brother and sister now. <laughs> Wachowski brothers that made um the Matrix, right?
1: Anyway, yeah,
2: yeah. Yeah, one of them's uh, no longer a brother.
4: Fantastic. Is that is that in a Tuaralangi brother kind of way where they nominate one of the family to become a girl?
0: I
2: very possibly. <laughs>
0: that? Are they are they like the crankies? <laughs> 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 oh, this
3: is this has gone weird, but in a good way, I think. <laughs> right, Ben.
0: Um, have I gone to you yet? No, Ben. Um, I'm I'm going to nominate the uh, the British Tennis Authorities. <laughs> Um, I think they're called the Lawn Tennis Association, aren't they? And and in the uh, in the sort of annals of badly run sporting organisations, I I believe they're pretty near the top. You know, they're setting a gold standard. Um, but you know, they they set um, set in place all these training uh, schemes to get youngsters involved, and then the best player we've ever had at tennis completely ignored that, and his mother paid for him to go to Spain to train. From the age of 12 years old, she spent £40,000. And now every year they fill up Wimbledon um, on the coattails of Andy Murray and to a lesser extent his brother. Um, he's raised tennis's level, you know, it's publicity to a huge extent. And it doesn't basically hide the truth that Mrs. Murray's reproductive system has produced more Grand Slam champions than the Lawn Tennis Association. <laughs> very good okay and russ um
1: let me talk to you for a second about the jamaican relay teams of london 2012 (laughs) and rio 2016 (laughs) um whilst in their own rights the jamaican team the jamaicans have always been famed for their sprinters and you know the likes of johan blake came and went very quickly um, Asafa Powell has always been there or thereabouts. Uh, but without one man, that team more than likely would have won absolutely nothing. Um, obviously, that man is Usain Bolt, and I remember he, on several occasions him having uh quite a significant disadvantage going down that anchor leg only to stride past the competition. I think he actually strode, strode past, um. Mark Lewis Francis, it might have been at one point, or uh one of the other mediocre British sprinters. I was gonna say to
0: that, that's not an even contest, is no,
1: it? It's not, but you know, after giving people a a, a ten meter head start on uh, on a hundred meter dash is pretty impressive. And as I say, without that without that one man, the Usain Bolt they would have had absolutely no chance. Yes.
0: I thought you were gonna say John Candy for a minute. <laughs> <laughs> in my in my head for a second
3: as well it wasn't jamaican relay team it was jamaican yeah. bobsleigh team yeah. like yeah, and me too it's like a might have been a better answer who knows uh, but uh, nobody got the platinum jiffy bag question answer even and that would come straight out of shane Warne's mouth and it's the 2005 ashes and paul collingwood <laughs> paul <laughs> yeah. collingwood mbe i might add Okay, next question. Um, You may have heard about Jack Grealish, bless him. Um, He was involved, allegedly, in a car crash, wrote off his Range Rover by hitting a few parked cars on the way back from a party at the weekend. Yeah, we're all supposed to be self-isolating, Jack. Um, So who in sports thinks they are above the law? And Phil, let's go to you.
4: Jose Mourinho called him unmanageable. Roberto Mancini said he is crazy. He himself said, I sometimes do strange things. I give you one Mario Balotelli. June, June 2010 goes into the middle of Milan with a load of friends firing air pistols off into the air. Soon after he joins Man City, crashes his car with five grand in his pocket. Police ask him, why has he got so much money? He says, because I'm rich. Um, it's a great answer though, that, isn't it? Why have we got so much
1: Because I'm rich.
4: <laughs> Throw, got caught throwing darts at a youth team player during a training ground prank drove his, drove his car into a women's prison in Italy to have a look around <laughs> why always me sets off fireworks in his house and sets his house on fire I mean it is just story after story after story Um, it, yeah he is a classic example of how a little bit of money and a little bit of fame can go to somebody's head and they think they can be above the law but for the tabloids, he has been an absolute dream.
3: <laughs> Very
0: good, love that, uh, Ben. Um, open side flankers, all of them. Um, <laughs> in a in a sport Thanks, based, ben. yeah, in a sport <laughs> based on cheating, they really are the kings. Um, you've got Richie McCaw's invi- invisibility cloak, um, Neil Back's hand of God. Um, the very phrase "supporting your own weight," um, and and as we know, offside lines are optional. Um, all of them, from international to third team level, they uh, they certainly have a sort of relaxed relationship with the law. Excellent, Russ.
1: Um, Phil's obviously got into quite some depth on his answer. Mine. Is a little, bit, a little bit more mundane and, and sedate, but my answer to this is, is Owen Farrell and his continued tackling technique, which most of the world would consider to be illegal. Um, however, most of the officials that uh, Owen comes up against seem to find it perfectly legal. So uh, if he continues that way, I think he'll find himself in some hot water pretty soon. So uh, above the law is Owen Farrell's tackling technique.
2: Okay. And Eddie, yeah, I'm going local with mine. Um, are you all familiar with uh, UFC light heavyweight champion John Jones? Oh, oh, no.
4: it? Comes, it, it comes around. it comes around for tea quite regularly. Well,
2: no, because okay, about <laughs> a year ago, I was talking to three of my cousins about UFC, and they hadn't heard of UFC. So I don't know how popular UFC is in England right now. It's it's a thing, right? You all what? I mean, you're aware
0: of it?
1: Yeah. Yeah. Bone, yeah, yeah, bones, John Jones, or something. Anyway. Yeah, yeah th- exactly.
0: Think, so, think, but think competitive lawn mowing, that kind of thing. <laughs> really,
2: it's that <laughs> big. Okay, well, uh, John Jones has a history of uh, of poor behavior. Most recently, he just got done during a quarantine period, uh, drunk driving. But in the past, he's been done for uh, he's tested positive for performance enhancing drugs. He's tested positive for cocaine. He's been done for drunk driving, like I said. He even once crashed into, I believe, a pregnant woman's car and then fled the scene. Um, And he... uh, I think he may have abused a woman in some way. I have no evidence of that, but what the hell? We'll throw that in there. He's he's done a lot of terrible things. And just for a little bit of juicy local gossip, my friend, in fact, it is that piece of shit, AJ Martinez, his brother is really into jujitsu. And... So, as I said, John Jones lives in Albuquerque. A lot of uh, UFC fighters train and live in, uh, in Albuquerque. Um, but apparently, John Jones, John Bones Jones, showed up at this guy's jujitsu gym one day, clearly s- messed up on some drugs, and started forcibly trying to get people to spar with him. And apparently, men and women were locking themselves in toilets and hiding in their cars and crying because John Jones was trying to kick the shit out of everyone. So John <laughs> Jones definitely thinks he's above the law in every possible way. How How have the NFL not
3: signed him up with that with that list of <laughs> oh, uh, role perfect. of honour? Yeah. Uh, yeah, I don't know. <laughs> he, he belongs there. Okay, a uh, quick look at the scores then. Russ you've got some work to do again seventy five for you ben on ninety six Phil on one hundred Eddie you're still in the lead on one hundred seven so... that
1: that shit story is is pumping <laughs> <me>.
3: <laughs> it really has okay um with in these austeric is that a word? Yeah. It time it is now in these austeric times with talk of the the bath players revolting against the wage cuts that um well, they're gonna get saddled with. What's the mo- what's the most revolting thing a sports person has ever done? Uh Russ.
1: Um, I'm gonna take you back to a game in uh Italia ninety, which was uh, the Netherlands versus West Germany. Um and Frank the Netherlands Frank Reichardt in a team that was packed full of talent, you bullets, you van Bastens um in a sp- in a spat with German striker Rudy Buller, <laughs> decided to spit at him, um, and it was clearly viewed and visible. And it was obviously widely, well, I say widely condemned. It was, it was kind of given a little bit of coverage and then brushed under the carpet. Um, in today's game, it would be absolutely vilified. But uh, yeah, they brushed so the... it
3: under the carpet. It got caught in Rudy Buller's hair.
1: <laughs> That's a true story. <laughs> but, and and the, you know, if there's ever anything to be said for not having a um, a poodle perm, <laughs> like Rudy Voller had it at Italia '90. It was so uh, Frank Reichard's phlegm doesn't get caught up in it. <laughs> That's the most revolting thing I've ever done in sport.
3: I don't know. As an 11 year old boy. When that World Cup was going on, I thought it was fantastic. <laughs> a couple of red cards as well. You know, the more the more stuff that happened, the better. Okay, Eddie the most revolting thing a sports
2: person has ever done. This is the easiest one for me. Uh, Sam Vestey's bogey diet. (laughs) Remember that? (laughs) That was the worst. That was completely unacceptable. The worst thing I've ever seen. When uh, Northampton were playing, it pans to the coaches and we get to see Sam Vestey stick his finger up his nose, dig out a bogey and then just put it in his mouth. And what bothered me was... It's incredibly disgusting. But what really upset me was how funny people found it. I have no sense of humor about somebody eating anything that comes from inside their own body, no matter what it is. And I didn't think that anyone over the age of four was doing this still. Um, but Sam Vestey does that. He eats his bogeys. He probably, probably wipes his ass with his bare hand. Um, and let's face it... <laughs> <laughs> the toilet paper shortage, I guarantee that's going. Let's just hope it's not going in his mouth, too. So, Sam Vesti's bogey diet. Thank you. Nice. Um, I really
3: hope after most of your answers that nobody's eating while listening to this podcast. Sorry, <laughs> Phil. Um,
4: I was, I was convinced Russ was when he said Italian IT was going to come back to the uh Gary Lineker incident,
0: <laughs> yeah, yeah.
4: <laughs> yeah, oh, yeah. <laughs> um So uh, I give you one John so Australian um, NRL player, rugby league player. Um, He was one of those players, like Ben said, who would try and cheat and get away with as much as possible to put his opponents off. Uh, In one game, he got reported for 10 separate incidents to the authorities for investigation. But in uh, early 2001, playing for the West Tigers against the North Queensland Cowboys, he decided he was going to try and put off some of his opponents by allegedly trying to give them a wedgie with a single finger. Um, Yet every single time in those three cases, that finger went directly up his opponent's anus. And it, bearing in mind uh, the, the um, Joe Marla, Alan Wynne-Jones Ticklegate incident and various other bits and pieces and the bans that were handed out, he got away with a 12-week ban for ramming a finger up three people's eye. Now, <laughs> I'm sorry, I'm sorry. That's NRL, just, that's you need just to, the
3: word ani. <laughs> you, need,
4: you need to take a long, hard look at yourself and, uh, <laughs> and realise that that probably isn't a part of rugby. Probably. Probably. (laughs) Okay.
3: Uh, Ben, what's the most revolting thing a sports person has ever done? Uh, Katie Price. (laughs) 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 Great answer. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Doesn't need anything else, does it? Yeah, have some more. Or not. She She says that a lot. Okay, very good. Um, We are into the realms of any other business. And Russ, I'm sorry to say that you're picking up the rear. So uh, you need to catch up quickly
1: and you can go first. Oh, well, this is inevitable, isn't it? Um, I was really struggling for any other business at the moment because everything seems to be about this thing that's happening in the world. Uh, And this is loosely based. Um, football is one of the richest sports in the world and just so happens that the club I support are one of starting to become one of the richest Um, they're owned by Enoch and uh, like a a big conglomerate and a guy called Daniel Levy is obviously the chairman Tottenham Hotspur have announced today that they are furloughing 550 of their non-football operations staff to preserve jobs in the long run now, of all of those people, so they do basically. So they don't have to pay them. The government then has to pay them eighty percent of their uh, of their wages because they're on furlough and it means they don't have to go into work. They're paying people who kick a football around millions or hundreds and hundreds of thousands of pounds a week, yet they are making the government pay eighty percent of people's wages, uh, because they're seemingly deemed fairly unimportant that to me is utter bullshit it's something that mike ashley would do in newcastle and ironically has done and everyone was condemning him for that this morning only for daniel leaving tottenham to follow suit do the same i think it's a fucking disgrace doesn't doesn't sit the, quite f- right. the furlough the furlough should be for the people that actually actually need it for businesses that actually actually need it not, not for the football spirit clubs. it's
3: intended it's, is it
1: absolutely not it's
0: fucking business and it stinks
3: mm. okay uh ben any other
0: business um yeah I, I briefly mentioned um before we started recording that um we've done a couple of virtual pubs where we've all uh, got together on skype and had a had a beer or had a gin and tonic or had a Bailey's or um, had all three together as a lady boy. Um, <laughs> but um, it's, it's, it's quite a good way to spend the time. Everyone's had a good time. But um, one of the lads I work with, I, I won't mention his name because uh, that would be unfair. But um, we, uh, we were talking about... <laughs> we mention and- his name. He's called Brad. No, that's too obvious. Let's call him Mr. Walker. Um, <laughs> but uh, we, w- we were just talking uh, about people locking themselves away and someone mentioned Anne Frank. And uh, we, he kind of looked a bit blank. and We went, you don't know who Anne Frank is, do you, Brad? And he said, I bloody do. She locked herself in a cupboard so she could write Mein Kampf. <laughs> <laughs> which i think has got to be a, a, one of the best cases of someone being nearly right but also terribly wrong <laughs> i've ever heard <laughs> oh that might that might just about get you in the final as well
2: okay um eddie any other business Uh this will take me out of the final i forgot about any other business um so i'll just uh, first of all i'll say if anyone's bored I, wa- uh, I watched uh, the first episode of Ozark. Anyone watching that?
1: Yeah, I watched it.
2: You seen the whole thing? Oh, uh, it.
1: First two series. It's good. Okay.
2: Okay. Um, then I will just uh, just shameless self-publicism. Please, anybody, lis- anybody who's listening and is bored, also listen to the Eddie and AJ podcast. Uh, AJ Martinez is a piece of shit, but he's the funniest person I know. And that's always fun. Um, also, very quickly, I had a... I just want to point out, that was a... is that a Mario sound effect? And I got a Mario hat on?
3: Do you know, I, that's, I've only just made that connection.
2: Yeah.
1: There yeah. it is. There you go. I have some points um, for wearing a Mario hat.
2: Yeah. Ironically, <laughs> yeah. the button... It was all planned up. out. All <laughs> planned out. Um, so, did you all see uh, when Northampton Saints released that uh they did they showed a simulate and maybe other teams have done this they simulated one of their matches that that couldn't be played on the game rugby 2020 yeah um it was very fun they and they won and they said they should stand now i had an idea that has i just haven't been able to gain any traction with it but i still think it's the best idea ever and maybe it's not original but when i i saw that video shortly after seeing um Oh, shit, what's his name? Who's the commentator that is doing the sort of real-world commentary? Nick? Nick Mullins. Nick Heath.
1: Nick
2: Nick. Heath. Heath. I was thinking that 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 simulation would have been even better if they had actual professional commentators commentating on it. And then I thought it would be even better if you had people actually playing it. And then I thought it would be a really bloody good idea to play out, assuming the, 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 the premiership's done, play out the rest of the season on, like, a live-streaming uh, Rugby 2020 with, if, with professional commentary. If not professional, uh, the next best thing, I heard Dougie bragging about his <laughs> competent abilities. But, yeah. I mean, as I said, no one's remotely interested. I tried to hype it up, but I think I would tune in to watch people playing rugby. I mean, I know well, all these games are shit. I know that. But just to have somebody commentating... And play out the whole season and actually well, have a. Mm-hmm.
1: What I'd like to see with that, Eddie, is like Henry Slade versus Alice Genge on exit so, no, I have a
2: strict no professionals policy.: okay. Oh really? Yeah, they've, they've had their time in the sun. It's, 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 our, it's
1: our time
0: now. <laughs> Tony it's... Rowe hammering away at his controller. None of that. Yeah,
1: you can imagine it with a joystick.
0: Now that
2: all society is ground to a halt, we can all be professional athletes. So, I just think it would be cool if we could all we would need is twelve people to represent each club, and then whoever the best available commentator is. And I would like to do color commentary, and I think it'd be a great idea. If it's a shit idea, tell me now, and I will. Uh, I'll mute you all. Okay. Yeah. So. Uh, <laughs> I'd like to get that going, uh, but we'll see if I can gain any traction with that. Okay. And finally, Phil, any
3: other business?
4: Uh, So avid thorough listeners of the podcast will have known in a previous Any Other Business, um, I recounted how I discovered what to me was a new drink. Um, so it's probably about two years ago, I always thought I hated gin and then I realised that tonic water is just the most repulsive thing in the world so I developed the gin and ginger beer which is now one of my my favourite go-to drinks now in these times of isolation we are getting towards the back of the alcohol cupboard um, which incidentally is in the bathroom for for some random reason um, and finding things that we didn't really know were there uh, and I've discovered a new drink, which is actually really quite nice. So, Red Leg, which is a pineapple rum, which is just as sweet and sickly as it sounds, with ginger ale. So, massive great ice cube, pour a bit of rum over the top, ginger ale in it. Tastes like it's got absolutely zero alcohol in it at all. And I've gone through a bottle of rum in about an hour and a half. in so, a beam, Phil. Yeah.
3: <laughs> what, is ginger? that why you sounded a ginger. bit odd earlier?
4: yeah yeah that's why I disappeared during the decathlon for another pint of the stuff
0: <laughs> R- rum and ginger beer is drink of champions uh,
4: i've gone for I've gone for ginger ale, pineapple yeah. rum and ginger ale. <clears throat> Give it a try. It'll be guaranteed it'll be in all the bars in the next thirty five years thirty five
3: <laughs> <laughs> very good okay that brings us to the end or almost the end as I'm sure you realize. Russ, not quite enough points for you, I'm afraid. 116. Uh, Phil, you are narrowly going to miss out as well on 129. Uh, but Ben on 133. Eddie on 144. You are both in this week's final. And you know what that means. You're going to have to have a go at defending the in uh, un, undefendable. And you'll have... Get, 20... get
4: smoother every week. <laughs>
3: It's almost like that's the joke. Um, mm-hmm. Anyway, the yeah, 22 seconds. You are going to defend the statement I give you. And for being in second place, Ben, you get to choose whether to go first or second. And I'm not even sure I'm following what I'm talking about, but there you go. What are you going to um, pick?
0: I'll go second.
3: You'll go second. Okay. Eddie, you can start with this. 22 seconds defending... NHS workers should club together and buy Jack Grealish a new Range Rover. After all, at least they've
2: got a bit of work coming in at the moment. Don't know who that is. Um, I forfeit the game. I have no idea who that is. is that a cricket player or something? Jeez, you know what he, re- he, was, I- he was literally one of the questions.
0: <laughs> Which one was he? The one that smashed his Range Rover up. I don't remember that.
2: He's a he's a footballer. That's supposed to be in isolation. I think he's this got... counts definitely counts a lot. Do you know? What I'm not... Oh, that. Oh, okay. Well,
3: sorry. Do you, you want yeah. to? I'm gonna I'm gonna be generous and start your 22 seconds again. Um, uh, if so... I even if if Ross is gonna be extremely charitable,
2: he could edit this, but he may choose not to, and no, I don't, don't blame him. Don't Let's go again. That. I don't edit it. I've had two hours of sleep. I don't I, I'm I'm getting what I deserve. I'm wearing a fucking Mario hat. I'm not taking it seriously, I'm sorry. Um so what he crashed his Range Rover. Well, it's the end of the world. Who gives a shit? Um Did he die? Um uh, no, sadly not. So what there's no harm. Everything's fine.
3: Uh Ben, I'm pretty confident in your chances here. No way. <laughs> I'll
0: be the judge of that.
3: Yeah. (laughs) Okay. Yours is Joe Wicks should step aside from his role of keeping the country fit every morning and let Joe Marler take over.
2: Oh, that's way better.
0: Oh, come (laughs) on. Well, look, everyone likes a bit of Joe Marler. He's an absolute character. In no way a wand. Um, (laughs) You know, he could show you ball juggling uh, in the morning. Um, The Welsh (laughs) part of the country would. All be tuning in for that, and um, you know, basically, that's what his media career is going to end up at anyway.
3: There we go. Time's up. Um, Yeah, you you could have just not said anything for twenty two yeah. seconds and, and won I've there. So heard of Joe Marler? <laughs> yeah.
1: <laughs> to be fair, really, you, every time you I talk... absolutely threw Eddie under the bus there, Albuquerque, New Mexico, for well, Jack I mean, No,
3: hold on. Do you know what um, I did? I gave I gave Ben the Joe Wicks question because I thought Eddie might not know who he was. I figured that he I may don't know have who, read the question who know who, he is either. who, who Jack but, Grealish was. but I, Every
2: we, time I talk to people from England, because the last time I was in England for a significant amount of time was the 90s. I feel like a, a time traveler from the... I'm like a shit Buck Rogers. That's what I feel like whenever I talk to people in England.
0: On the anchor, um, gone.
2: Ugh, I hate it. Well, what can I say? Well done, Ben.
0: Thanks, Ed. Yeah. <laughs> Are we saying that, Ed, that... Aston Villa's best player isn't a household name in Albuquerque. <laughs> uh,
3: <laughs> no. oh, I go. tried I, the irony. I tried not to throw you under the bus, but what are you going to do?
0: What can this, you is do? this is punching
3: chat.
2: That's how we how it goes. You get we
0: deserve. I,
1: I
2: knew the risk. I knew the risk when oh, I got on board.
1: Thank you. Um, thank you, Adam, once again, for your hosting skills. You never know; we might come back next week and do all this again. It's like you know we might prepare some more questions. We definitely haven't done that already. Um, we'd hate to disappoint people. Uh, Eddie, thank you for joining us from Albuquerque, New Mexico. It's been an absolute pleasure and lived up to every single piece of expectation that uh, that I thought that I thought it would. So, thank you.
2: Good or bad, thank you. I appreciate it.
1: Uh, Phil Ben, um, well. Just be yourselves, yeah, you know. that's the way that's the way it goes, <laughs> and uh we'll see you next week. one of us might not be here, who knows which one that might be, and uh the lensman will be back as well, and uh one of us regulars will drop out and we'll have another guest on um uh, we'll we'll try and work that through um if you guys out there have you got this far um if you've got any ideas of stuff that we could do? Um, I've got a good idea from from one of our listeners and, and someone that's been on the show before, around a bit of a a, a dream like a desert island discs for rugby, but a battle um, that I'll go a little bit more into when we run out of content. Um, but if you've got any ideas around content and things you'd like to hear us do, um, you may have seen on on the internet that I've that I've done a good video, so you want to check that out. Um,
3: did you? You have not mentioned just, it. Just might
1: want to just bookend the podcast with that. Um Thanks very much everyone. Thanks for yeah. listening. Thanks for guys, watching. Guys, if
4: if you have got this far, guys, as well, just remember to give Doug a shout out. So put out on Twitter hashtag angry umpa lumper. Oh, hashtag angry umpa lumper. Good. Good, good. Um, so for all of that, go well. See you next week.
0: Podcast Network.